Hello and welcome to our very first talk about, well, vaguely masculinity. I'm here with my guests. I'm Richard van Huisdede. And Stijn Schink. So tell us a bit about yourselves and your involvement in this project. So uh, I'm doing a project called Boys Won't Be Boys. And there I try to uh, invite men to talk about their lives uh, or maybe sing or dance or act or jump in the air about what it feels like to be a man or what it feels like to not be a man sometimes. Okay. Um, and we're touring with this show. So it became a theater performance and we're touring through the country uh, to like open up the discussion about masculine, masculinity and also free ourselves from the gender norms. I see. So at first it was more of so, like more of an event where people would come and share their experience and then it became a play. Yeah, like I, I was a little bit lonely in this subject because I was thinking about it and reading these feminist books and also performing my solo program that is a little bit about gender as well. Um, but then I thought this is so lonesome to be alone in this topic and I felt like nobody else was wanting to talk about it okay, like so. when i was drinking beer with my friends i would say hey is anyone else thinking about masculinity <laughs> and they would be like no we're not <laughs> what is that <laughs> uh, but then actually i tried to uh, uh, invite people to my house to talk about it and there were a lot of people who wanted to talk uh, but we didn't really agree or i mean we we did agree about we that that we wanted to talk about it okay uh, but we didn't really agree about what is masculinity and what does it mean in our lives. So I just invited everyone to tell their own stories. And then the theater performance is based on these all these different stories that sometimes conflict and sometimes I see. combine. I see. That's great. Yeah, what beautiful. about this time? Um, I produce comics for the last uh, uh, five to seven years and I work with different artists. And I always tackle very difficult subjects, so depression, anxiety, uh, sexual violence, uh, mental illnesses. Um, and uh, when I was working on sexual violence, uh, I, I financed this, uh, these projects per project. Um, I rounded it up and then I decided that maybe I should pay attention on how to prevent it and not only tell the stories uh, of women, but help men. And that coincided with my own uh, development and my own uh, phase in my life. I'm 43 and I figured out that I'm far from perfect and that there's quite a lot of things um, that I should work on. So I combined this in a project uh, on men. Uh, I work with different artists. Now we look at different aspects of masculinity on uh, being violent, being uh, loving, uh, being intimate um, and listening to different voices and hope to inspire others but uh, learn for myself uh, and that's uh, that's where I'm at um, and from this project I came in contact with Rickert and we matched because some of your stories are basically uh, represented in your play right or you're having a theatrical representations of the four stories on masculinity right yeah, exactly. So, so Stein has a lot of different uh, uh, people uh, like interviewed and the stories are made out of these interviews. Uh, a lot of men and different uh, people. 
Uh, and so we try to find a way to bring that into the theater so that people don't just read the the the, the comic uh, thing, but can also like relate and, and experience it. Yeah, I see. And so are these um, people more actors or people that actually went through what they play? Yeah, it's all real people. Okay, and real stories. And real stories, yeah. I see. But okay. some of the people who are telling their stories, they have uh, they have been educated as an actor, so they might tell their story in a theatrical way. I see. Yeah. I and see. of course, the the comic artists they tell a story that is not theirs, so they tell my story or they tell someone else's story, so that is also. Uh, all right, that sounds great. And I think we should just dive into our first topic, which is vulnerab vulnerability. There it is. Yeah. It's a good start. Don't we all experience it? <laughs> so how do you guys portray it? Just and how you relate to it as a man, I guess, or as a person in general? I, for, shall I? I think I've been uh, fighting it all my life, trying not to... Uh, let it dominate me or not be a big part. I think that uh, that did a lot of damage to myself and maybe also to my surroundings a little bit. And it's very interesting that if you become vulnerable, uh, I saw that with all the comics I made that inspires people, and yet I found it very difficult to be that vulnerable myself. So it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a challenge for me to to also go there, and uh, and I think this is a great opportunity to uh, to do that. And the, the way that Rieke does this, uh, yeah, it's also inspiring. So I'm uh, really, I feel blessed. That's, and what about you? Well, yeah, I think I experienced the same thing, that I coached all these people to be vulnerable on stage and tell their stories. But then for me, <laughs> I sometimes find it actually quite hard um, because especially men, I think, can be so harsh on each other when they tell their personal stories. Like they just hit each other and then say, uh, don't be a pussy. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, that really happens all the time. And then you have to be really strong and, 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 and you know, uh, keep up and try to stay vulnerable in it and I think it's quite scary I mean there's so many moments in my life where 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 like these tiny traumas occurred when I was hit by a guy or people just they just didn't listen or so I, I think I turned out to be like a very happy uh, smiling person that is always happy and people experience me as this like frolic, um, <laughs> happy person. <laughs> so I'm also laughing right now. This is like my coping. It's like <laughs> the coping when, it when it becomes vulnerable, I'm just like, ha ha ha, <laughs> <laughs> laughing about okay. it. <laughs> yeah, which is so like, it hurts a little bit. Like there's this place in my body that hurts a lot. And it has to do with this thing, like keeping up this image of myself and then I when I, when it breaks down it doesn't hurt anymore but it just feels very scary um, i think that's very relatable to a lot of people mm, yeah and i mean in general we're so we we deal so badly with vulnerability even women 
Yeah. Which are, I mean, I feel like even our culture kind of tells us, you know, not to like to be cool and not to, you know, show show our emotions and yeah. you know to be stronger. But then men, especially, I feel like even as children, um, mostly as children, are just being educated to not show emotion in in any way really even when even with my own parents who you know are like 47 really not that old i hear them all the time telling my brother not to cry or you know not to behave in a certain way or not to behave like a girl and you know i'm just fuming in these moments but it's crazy because you know there's so many people out there that still educate their children like this and And i think it's very much about like the image we have of men and boys that that we think like biologically or something they are very different from women and then just there's there's no there's no proof of that and and if you just look at guys they're actually so vulnerable and so cute and sweet and soft and expressive especially when they're young you know of course like small boys are always crying and dancing and i don't know <laughs> Uh, so it's very harsh to see how how these oppressive things happen in your life and then you just change and turn into this stereotypical Exactly, being. because I feel like even though maybe, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but obviously there might be some, there are some differences, biological mm. differences with, for example, I don't know, uh, levels of hormones, which might, you know, give certain tendencies to one gender or the other, but really at the end of the day, these are such minor, minor details. Yeah, and also like these these hormones are interesting because uh, uh, your the hormone levels they di- they differ or they change when you're in different circumstances. So it adapts to your circumstances. So if you're playing a lot of soccer games, uh, you get more of this testosterone. So it's also like a self fulfilling prophecy a little bit I that see. you're like your biological truth or your biological. Uh, facts they change with different behavior yeah and i find it so well in a way frustrating that you know you can't really tell now because we've been so socialized for such a long time that how can we possibly you know we cannot separate one from the other Mm -hmm. because one has so much um impact on on the other so there's no way of us even the way we talk to our children the the games we play uh, and I feel like it, it's something that we should aim for more, that we should just aim for this education. And then throughout the years, we can also see what what changes or not. Yeah. You know? And I'm so happy with this project and the projects that Stein and me are doing separately as well. Um, because if you if you're if you're together in this topic and you just meet each other sometimes and you know that you want to change this gender norm, it gives so much space and so much. Uh, opportunity to be vulnerable to each other like Stein and I talk about how we feel how are you doing uh, how was how's your sex life things like this but for me it's actually also very uh, like exciting is not the right word like like anxious no like a nerve-wracking it's too big but I mean uh, like overwhelming sometimes. A little bit, yeah, to be to be able to talk about it. Sometimes I feel like, wow, how yeah. is this possible and that it, men are talking about it? Yeah. Even us, I think, are still uh And everyone wants to, to talk it. about it. It's the if you if you share everyone is willing to share or as as long as there's this safe space that you can uh, share. 
and uh, mm, yeah. and he, these examples of men who who are doing it and are not outcasted and are not called horrible names and are still strong and are still happy or are still vulnerable. Now, I think this this yeah. It, there's this whole scene, they always talk about safe space, and that is sort of a... Uh, 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 it sounds a little bit too spiritual, I think, for many people, this safe space, but it, yeah. really, it really resonated with me when I opened up to it, uh, that you can actually have a, a place where it's okay to share, and then people change, and it doesn't only have to be in a spiritual center. You can just do it on the street. If I show someone a, a comic where I'm really open or I tell them about my fears, yeah, people do open up. And I think, uh, yeah, you, we, you didn't really talk about the boys won't be boys, but this is the collective of just men that all come together and decide that they want to share something. And mm. Rickert is just giving this safe space where you can do this and, and a platform. And it's so different. And there's some something there for everyone. And sometimes it's high art and sometimes it's just low art, but it's all real. And that yeah. that is uh, yeah, inspiring. That's really interesting as well to think about because we don't talk about, I feel like we don't talk about it enough and we don't talk about it enough even from, you know, a, a feminist point of view. Mm -hmm. We always talk about female oppression, which, you know, doesn't discredit that, but... A part of it is also the way, uh, you know, men are losing on this equation. Yeah. I, with, with being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. With maybe, not being able to be vulnerable, yeah. actually. And there's very little help or you need to go to a shrink or a psychiatrist. Uh, but it's difficult to find help easily. Yeah. It, maybe it's a little bit... But I typed in, uh, which is not the case, but I typed in... I violated uh, a woman um, and I am feel horrible what can I do how can I what should and I tried this for I think 10-15 minutes with different sentences and it only directed me to websites that helped women yeah. and I said no I'm a man and I raped a woman and I need to deal with this and there was no there was nothing there uh, I, it sort of shocked me that even if you are very explicit about you needing help even the World Wide Web doesn't know how to deal with that. Yeah, not even like websites saying who to call or what no. to say or explain anything. Uh, depression that. lines. Uh, so uh, that's uh, the telephone line for if you have suicidal thoughts that comes up then. And obviously, you know, we don't mean that um, because I feel like now we live in this stage where um, it's really hard for males to kind of speak up because they're, you know, especially white, educated males. And I think that many times, you know, whatever they struggle with is discredited because on behalf of other issues, which, you know, in mm. some ways it's obviously understandable. Yes. But in another's, you know, I think that there's space for everyone's problems and mm. for the effect of everyone's issues. And feminism is not just about empowering women it's about you know gender equality so i feel like it's really important um to tackle these things because also it results in many problems i feel like if males don't 
uh, deal with their vulnerability in the right way. Don't mm. you think that mm-hmm. maybe if, I it, don't know, it, you would have known that earlier in your life, it would have pre- prevented certain situations. Maybe if you want to share like an experience. I will give you know, my but I, with about white men. White men have it really difficult and they really need help, but they don't have it as difficult as other groups. Yeah. And I think if you approach it that way, then it, it doesn't have to be them or us. And it's not that white men are denied that they have it difficult. It's just not as difficult. So it's um, they still need and deserve attention. So I, I but I think that's really about like the like the like the definition of success that that like feminism was a lot about the not questioning maybe the norm of success sometimes, but just mm. saying like uh, like equality feminism, like it's about uh, uh, men have these positions in uh, high 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 positions in in uh, workplaces and stuff, and then and then women want that too. So, so like the the norm is not questioned. Like success is still success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having this uh, manager position is still successful, seen as successful, and then women get the opportunity to do that as well. But I think what I would like to do is like change what is seen as successful, so that staying at home with your children, or visiting your grandmother, or being a teacher in a primary school, things like this become like very successful things to do um uh and i think that's that's like the bigger picture of it um because for now as a man if you change like if you're if you're not in the stereotypical gender norm uh your salary gets lower <laughs> i mean all these like yeah. you lose uh, yeah you lose this you lose a lot uh and that's weird that we see that as like losing because for me it feels like winning Yeah. For me, it feels like winning to not have this position and to not uh, neglect my family and feelings and to visit my grandmother feels like winning. Um, and how do you feel about it, having children yourself and having your own family? How I feel about this? Mm-hmm. I think this is uh, in, in a core aspect um, that it's a societal change that needs to happen where we redefine what is what is worth what is worth and, and it's sort of now uh, what is happiness and happiness wow, yeah. is something else and uh, yeah. if, if that is what you strive towards mm-hmm. then if happiness for you is managing a company that is awesome and if it, that for you is raising children um But you cannot be happy when you bully people around as a manager. That hurts you. So that is not success. So it's it must become something very personal and very intimate, which is very hard to qualify. And it's not uh, it's not standard. I'm not uh, negative per se. I think there's uh, people you meet. They are amazing, and I think the world is full of these people. Um, it's only if you have a lot of them, then these these structures are hurtful, and uh, that can that need to change on different levels. And uh, and talking about it is one of these levels. And I mean, happiness is such a complex concept, and we all kind of we all aim to find it really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we're all about at the end of the day. Yeah. And but it's so personal and it's so hard to find or grasp sometimes. And mm-hmm. maybe 
that's what makes also people vulnerable and you know maybe that's also the issue of I'm trying that. to let go of goals so I think for me that is a big step that there's not this end goal so the mm -hmm. the happiness and is a search a search or a process that is what what is it it's the core of what you do so I let go of this this strong willed end product that everything needs to bow and uh, change but that the interaction and, and the process and every minute that is uh, that is the focus is it that sound that that makes sense okay yeah <laughs> and how do you feel about maybe transmitting it differently to your children i don't know if you have a boy i have two uh, boys yeah so do you feel like you're doing it differently than maybe your parents did or uh For one, uh, my mother oh, uh, had a girlfriend when I was younger, and she was very active in the Blijfem Lifehouse or the shelters and, uh, and this and these kinds of things. So I am raised with sort of a negative-ish tone about masculinity. Okay. Uh, but my father was an artist, and uh, I knew uh, a lot of models, and he, uh, he, uh, he really appreciated the, the female form which I also inherited, which is also a very masculine thing. Uh, what I try to do is not push it. In the beginning, like with the kids, we wanted not to make him love guns. So he didn't get any guns. Or, And then everything, he, he if you give him a, a sandwich, he just ate it so it looks like a gun. <laughs> so then we so we let go of that. And now they have loads of guns. But yeah, we also... Uh, Uh, there's also room for crying and uh, being vulnerable, and uh, so it's. I think it's mainly about talking, not judging them for the one or the other. So you don't think that you should, I don't know, maybe speak to them uh, a bit more about it? Do you think it's just? Well, I'm doing a lot of comics since since they are young, so on sexual abuse and violence and uh, what. Uh, The, the social the, the the process is why why boys and uh, girls are treated differently and that it's uh, not so uh, good both of them had this girlfriend who thought or found that they were a boy just because they like to play with boys so that there was also then we have a conversation about this why does she need to redefine herself as a boy because she likes the same things why Is there a difference? And they, they sort of understand. It's a, a, an ongoing conversation. And how old are they? Eleven and nine. Okay, so yeah, I guess every time there's a situation like this, you just kind of explain. Yeah, it. yeah, and I try to do stuff like uh, since they are very young, they're like, yeah, and if you're later married with a wife or or a boyfriend, so in that case, it's sort of a fun, but you still give them this yeah. open view. That it doesn't, it's not imposed because I feel uh, like it's hard to sometimes even realize. Yeah, right I, now, yeah. and we even have these words for it: feminist, uh, like I mean, a feminine, fem female, male, yeah. or feminine, masculine, mm -hmm. and you know, it already has connotations. They already have connotations of women and men, whereas it's more things that maybe women do more, or mm. things that men do more, rather than, mm. or or not even really. Because yeah. what about colors? I mean, yeah. blue and pink. 
it, there's so many things that are just determined this way. Yeah. So it's so hard. That to was actually the opposite them. before the Second World War. Was it? Yeah. But I think, like, for me as a child, I do remember that I felt really depressed, like when I was six or something, and I couldn't sleep, and I, but I, I really didn't feel any space to talk with my parents about it. Uh, and I don't know if that has had so much to do with masculinity, but I think in a way it felt so normal not to talk about it because... Like, I didn't see anyone talk about their problems, mm -hmm. especially boys. Like, they didn't cry and they didn't do it. So so you identify so much with other boys and also your father that you just copycat and you just yeah. copy it. And now I understand how much impact it had, like me not talking about it back then and still. <laughs> Yeah, And that's for me as a female, I mean, not for all the females, of course, but some, I speak about my problems all the time mm. to all of my friends. And, you know, I always have like just a network of friends where we speak about everything, all the yeah. little details. And it just feels so good sometimes to just verbalize some of my thoughts just because to let them out there and either realize how ridiculous they wow. are or how meaningful they are or anything and we're very social creatures so i feel like yeah. for me it's it's insane to hear that you know there needs to be a collective of men so they can speak about their feelings which is very positive or, or, but or men groups yeah. yeah because i also i feel when when i hear you say that i feel like when i would do that i would feel so stupid <laughs> like to say these things Sometimes I do, but then just not, like, all the time. And it's just that I just don't understand why. And also, like, my know? like my roommate, he's, like, better at it. So he sometimes just starts talking about stuff that, like, irritates him or that, that he's thinking about. And then I feel this, like, I feel some sort of frustration about it or something. I just think, like, oh, this whining is so much but then i don't i don't like consciously think that i want him to talk about it and i want to talk about my own feelings as well but there's this sort of things thing in my body that just cramps like that 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 gets tight and just feels like mm, this is stupid or this is this is weakness and i mean to some extent we all feel that it's yeah. just that you need to remember that that yeah. we all feel that literally. and that you can move through it actually yeah. Because I'm moving through through it. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. So how does that maybe, if you could expand a bit on how does that uh, translate um, to your project and to that a part of the project about vulnerability? Um, I think that I, uh, listening to you, what I think is, uh, what I thought of is uh, being vulnerable, uh, yes, uh, it's feminine women can do this and then men can do this also but then it's very much uh, lgtb so sexuality is sort of uh, your sexual preference is then sort of connected to being vulnerable which makes it even more difficult because then you sort of divert from your straight identity which is very important for many men so i think then showing all these different men beside their mm -hmm. sexual preference being a man and sharing from that point 
Um, I think that is uh, powerful, and that is what what we sort of hope that this can do. And it's also the project. Um, it's very big, but it's also small in that it's in CC Amstel, so it's a theater, uh, and we connect to men and organizations nearby. So we also go into the conversation with real people with, um, yeah, you can recognize and you meet and you know. Mm. So it's a whole experience, actually. Yeah. Both I, one I, both experience. Yeah, and, and, and I think like, like sometimes people talk about this, like the man box, like mm-hmm. the gender box with all the like qualities of masculinity in one box and when you're, when you're out of it, like Stein just mentioned, people will say you're gay or transgender or whatever. Like if you're not in the box, you must be something else. And I think what we try to do is just put so much more inside the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to, to stay in the box and to be vulnerable in the box so that just the whole interior of the box changes. That's a and great maybe it metaphor. will break down, you know, but but for for now we just try to put some more diversity inside okay, of it. Okay, that's that's amazing. And so the dates for your upcoming shows. Um so the 10th of October we do uh, the first one about vulnerability. And then there's also the it's all Thursdays. So it's 10th of October and then 21st of November and then later on 16th of January and 5th of March. Okay, cool. So it's the whole and year can through. Can you repeat just the location so everybody remembers? It's CC Amstel. I, I don't know the address, but it's CC Amstel. It's in... The Pipe in Amsterdam, like Amsterdam yeah. South. Close to the Amstel. Amstel. Yeah. Okay, that sounds great. And we'll wrap it up for today. And in the next episode, we're going to be talking about... Sexuality. Very interesting. Juicy. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and see you next time.